I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Deeper Down the Rabbit Hole. Now live. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On the Para-X Radio got you, but I had to lose Jason to do it. Oh, now okay. everyone can talk to you. Um, we're probably oh, on the air. You, we are on the air, so no swearing too much. Although I might swear a little with <laughs> Skype. So, um, what you didn't hear is I talked you up and said you were probably one of the most knowledgeable people I know about the mythos magic and that you have such a unique perspective on mythos magic and um, you're one of the few people I know that do the mythos magic um, that actually it's 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 not scary in a traditional mythos sort of way it's scary in whole other like mind-bending sort of ways that I don't usually see from most people uh, doing the mythos magic so uh, that was the biggest compliment that I, I had, that you're a fellow teacher, and you really get into this stuff in a way that takes it to a different level than I think most people. I mean, most people take the Cthulhu and Mythos magic, and they go scratch the surface, and they go, oh, it's it's blacker than black magic, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not at all the point that you were making uh, on Arcanorium. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... You know, the, the, I think the two of the two of the primary things that I think kind of distort people's ability to kind of work with it in a and you know, and for lack of a better word, a healthy way, um, is the fact that um, the, a lot of it has to do with sort of this um, you know this association with um, you know uh, uh, you know with uh, with Judeo you know with sort of this Judeo Christian notion of sort of evil and demons and like the idea of these things. You know, that kind of wish us, you know, that have like a conscious, you know, malefic intent, 
when it comes to humanity and and these things are more kind of like these uh like these pre-human principles like they're they're not as uh you know I, I don't really think that they're kind of subject to to even sort of the morality of uh of you know pre-conversion and you know a lot of you know you know um you know, pagan faith, and, uh, you know, they're, they're more, they're almost more kind of like, uh, somewhere between like physics principles and like, uh, McKenna's, uh, like hyperdimensional space language elves or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some, something, something to that effect. It was, it was very interesting, um, because we're reading, I'm reading the, the stuff on Ark and Orium, and we're talking about this, and some of the questions that you're asking people. I think really got to it. It's like, you know, what is the nature of shape-shifting? You know, what would be the last straw for you to consider yourself not to be human at this point? And this notion of, I hate to use the word, but it was really a notion underlying an idea of transhuman and absurdist mm -hmm. states as magical consciousness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely not, you know, I, uh, although, um, I like the kind of, uh, I guess the, you know, and I hope I don't offend anyone. The sort of the, the science fiction elements of transhumanism have like kind of a fantastic appeal. I am definitely not a, uh, you know, a transhumanist. I think that you know, with a lot of these things, when you deal with these models of deep, deep inhumanity. Um, you know, like, and not not in humanity in some sort of atrocity sense, but in the sense that you know we're not we're not really figured into the equation. But as you you know, you kind of attempt this kind of uh, you know, you drop this this kind of like back cloth or whatever, this kind of field of contrast to you know something that we inherently are, and I think we end up sort of learning more. Um, you know, not necessarily in the moment of our of our crazy, you know, kind of inhuman, uh, you know, gnosis. Um, but uh, but after the fact, you know, I, I feel that there's sort of a a residue of sort of deeper humanity, um, uh, you know, sort of kind of manifests out of this attempt to reach for other. Um, you know, kind of, you know, as a lot of mystics point out, you know, there there isn't uh, an other. So, <laughs> I hope that was something well, that was, to do with, with your question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, as I'm looking through the actual, I mean, I, first of all, I think when I was actually looking through the different people in the class at Arcanorium, I kind of got the impression that uh, it was way different than people expected, especially when, yeah, you, <laughs> uh, yeah when you, um, took people through what would be different states from like mm -hmm. a, a ghoul state uh, which is like in like a degenerative entropic state into a, mm -hmm. into a great old one uh, a, a water state a deep water deep uh, deep one state yeah, like, a high, is, uh, like a hybrid transition yeah yeah like a like almost like a um, fluid without form state into the serpent people you know into yag saloth and the other headless wonders and then mm -hmm. taking people through those different states at, and progressively really kind of progressively uh forcing them to ritualistically shape change into more and more alien things 
yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and all, it's almost kind of like, you know, you're shining a light on these, uh, these kind of different, you know, as, you know, especially in the, in the realm of chaos magic, you know, you definitely have these different types of selves and, 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 you know, eye constructs and, you know, different things you kind of put in place of one's perspective. And, um, and I think that basically by kind of giving someone this, in, this, this sort of path to sort of explore a sort of a degenerative pre-human sort of state, a um, sort of hybrid transitional state, like something that somewhat straddles um, the line between sort of like the muck that we crawled out of and, you know, what crawled out of it. And then, uh, you know, and then you have this sort of like post-human kind of... Uh, you know, uh, like kind of like the the recursive reptile state where we've kind of come back. You know, that there's that ancient strain of the reptilian that is, uh, for intents and purposes, combined with like the human magical will, and uh, and then like after that state, we then sort of attempt the you know the kind of apotheosis, the sort of uh, you know the, the the terrible becoming sort of thing. But ultimately, um, you know, we found out that you know. When when you do this kind of thing, uh, the outcome is not some horrific, horrific, you know, you know, terror state, but uh, but you know something you know dramatically more rewarding and uh, and uh, informative, uh, you know. And, and 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 back to what I was saying, I, I remember I mentioned the the Judeo-Christian thing is the first thing. I think the second thing that's really uh, an obstacle sometimes is the person of Lovecraft, who. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, had had a lot of personal filters um, that you know kind of extended from his you know his own stuff and his own issues. And I think that you you know one has to sort of kind of you know, come to know that perspective so that one can sort of siphon, you know, make some level of uh, of distinction between what his take, or rather, what his emotional baggage as to what is associated with what he's describing, like, is it this horror thing, um, or is it something really just kind of quite, you know, kind of wonderful, and, you know, you know phosphor, phosphorescent and gelatinous, you know, but not necessarily, uh, you know, uh, you know, destructive and, um, you know, and I think that, you know, to some extent, that's a lot of what, you know, Lovecraft's, uh, stuff is, is this reaction to this contrast of this sort of imposed culture, and as a, a friend of mine over, overseas said, you know, this, this shock and awe related to uh, um, the ancientness of, uh, of the American sort of landscape, in a sense. One of the things that traditionally happens, and, and everything that Lovecraft writes is, fits so well within a Jungian perspective of the demonic trying to bust through and you having no context to understand it. And the first mm -hmm. stage is being completely horrified at everything you see mm -hmm. until you get over it. And, you know, you know, I think this, that's something that comes up even in, you know, some of the, you know, the most, uh, you know, the, what are considered some of the most, I guess, healthy practices. I mean, even in, in with meditation, um, when dealing, you know, when, when you first kind of come into contact with, um, you know, this kind of other, or you kind of like penetrating sort of a less dual state, you have these dark nights that manifest, you know, period, periods of, you know, when, uh, 
you know, you, you, you experience this not only, you know, terror of other kind of thing, but a terror of self, you know, the idea that this is a, you know, this individuated thing uh, is, is in this predicament. Um, and then, you know, l- later on we have realizations that sort of make it so we can guide, kind of go into that space less and less tenuously and eventually, uh, you know, really exalt there. And I think that that has a lot, to, you know, the, the Lovecraft stuff, um, you know, definitely uh, it, it, it pays to, to, to work with it for a long time to kind of even off the sort of initial spectacle. Well, one of the things that I know that um, that a lot of the, the rituals I was seeing, while there's not direct similarities between, as you mentioned, like classical meditation, there did seem to be some cursory, in effect, similarities to things like a chode ritual where you get your body destroyed mm-hmm. uh, in the course of the ritual. And a lot of the cool... Th- a lot of the rituals I was reading on Arcanorium actually kind of seem to push people in that direction as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the like the Haruka of the Bardo, the wrathful spirits, yeah. who kind of peel off like the kind of extraneous, uh, you know, trappings of uh, of self, and then you kind of emerge this more, uh, you know, kind of a, a cell in a much larger thing. It's. It seemed like by the end of the, the, deep ones, um, the mythos class on Arcanorium, that there was some effect to that as well. Like, like a sort of stripping away of these kind of facades to grow, to have people grow into something larger and possibly terrifying, or awesome in the classical sense of awesomeness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely like, you know, it has something to do with that kind of, uh, you know, it, there, there's a tantra to it. You know, there's a, this sort of, um, you know, hyper-anathema that kind of, uh, you know, involves kind of slamming your teeth down on this sort of uh, live wire. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, uh, you know, it definitely uh, brings things to light. <laughs> So let's. Uh, I know there's things that you can't talk about, but let's talk about some of some of your experiences, some of the rituals that you've done, and how they felt when you were going through them, and what happened. Um, like one well, you of know, your favorites. Uh, I guess. I mean, the, a lot of the you know, I mean, of course, a lot of the work I've done with um, I've done with other folks, and due to like kind of the joint authorship, some of that work. Um, you know, I, I, I'm reluctant to kind of go into some. of some details, but in, in, in the case of, um, you know, I, I guess you know, my initial work um, is probably the most relevant, like, you know, my kind of my beginning experiences, because this is kind of, you know, I guess, are looking for, and um, there's, there's definitely like sort of an acclimation period, and uh, doing work to sort of kind of cultivate that kind of Lovecraftian lens is a, is a really... Um, you know that that's kind of, it's, it's, there's definitely kind of an open-handed process to that um, when you uh, move through these sort of um, you know that there's this 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 desire oh well you know there's something out there you know I want to I want to contact it and um, you know there, there's this or or rather there is this this kind of like a kind of you know kind of toothy tentacular underpinning to all of uh, all of phenomena. 
and uh, you know, I, and I want to contact it. And then your initial state is, you know, you're the kind of in this ign- this pre ignorant but excited kind of, ex- you know, state of exploration. And then, um, you know, there's a number of. I, I think a lot of it. The initial work is sort of this, like, kind of meditating on these kind of uh, these these principles. Uh, and when I say meditate, I don't mean like walking around, kind of keeping it in your head. I mean like sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of sitting with the principle itself. And, um, you know, allowing it to kind of unfold. And then, you know, you, it, and, and the thing is, it's this, uh, you know, it's this, you know, very kind of biological uh, manifestation. And, you know, when, as you kind of walk about, you're in this constant state of sort of, you know, the trees are kind of like these huge, you know, like kind of broccoli-like, you know, bunches of, of, uh, of, of capillaries extending out of the ground, and then you kind of, you, know, you, know, you almost sort of realize that, you know, you're kind of standing in this lattice that is, you know, the tiniest patch of flesh on the belly of some principle um, that you can give, you know, these, these, these crazy names to, or more to the point, um, you sort of, uh, uh, you work to know the name of these, of these principles. And, you know, and, it's, and, and it really isn't so much like forming a relationship with some sort of goetic entity, but um, there's, a, you know, as an author, this guy John Pine said, what you're ultimately working towards is sort of this, um, you know, and, and he, of course, did not in, intend this. I do not want to offend that guy. He did not intend, I don't expect, for any of this to be used in the capacity that we are using it here. Um, it was certainly meant as a fiction when he wrote it, but, but you know, he speaks, you know, he's right... <clears throat> In one of his in one of his books, he talks about this idea of Foster. You know, he's one of these great old ones. This principle of entropy, and um, and he deals with sort of this you know idea of you know well you know even even if this thing has does not reciprocate, uh, you know if if this you know if this this principle when when it's when, when we perform these devotional um, acts towards it. Um, does not reciprocate, you know, what, it's as if, like, you know, some people, like, imagine some, you know, fictitious tribe that had some sort of deep votive relationship with gravity, you know, that they, you know, they worshipped gravity as this, as this God principle. Um, And although it would probably lead them to an extremely distorted view of how the world actually is, they would sort of attain this sympathy with gravity that would give them, you know, definitely a, you know, uh, a more, uh, like, kind of heart connection with that principle. And so, um, you know, I think that, you know, work to to generate that kind of stuff is is definitely... uh, the, mo- the most fun preliminary work for the paradigm. Well, it would also give you probably a very nuanced view and a nuanced uh, view of gravity, or in this case, entropy. You'd Because you're working yeah. with the force, making that heart connection, you might have a much, uh, a much more fine-tuned understanding, maybe an understanding that anyone could get to, but they don't yeah. because it's not central to their worldview. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I have to say that despite some, like, of the more extreme, like, I guess, uh, you know, ritual symbolism and stuff like that, um, I think it is important to sort of, you know, to definitely have a, uh, 
very, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, a, 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 an intact method of skills that will allow you to return a sense of deep scale to your world when you need to when working with this material. Like, uh, and, and I don't mean that in any kind of insane way, but very much kind of like, you know, you know, the idea of, uh, I don't know, one of my friends who's involved in the Burning Man stuff, I, I think in, in, in captures the sentiment very well, which is, uh, in all cases, the fire and police are real. And uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of need something that will always allow you to remember that, you know, in a metaphorical sense, that the fire and the police are real. So, uh, <laughs> well, this just brings uh, this brings to a question that Jason asked: Is basically this special dangerous to this paradigm? Is it, are there any? And I think you're you're starting to touch on that question, actually. Um, I, well, I think that you know, to some extent, you know, there there, there is yeah, there it does mess with sort of like you know the way that you're, uh, you know, like that, you know, the I guess the way your personal kind of dialectic goes, like it, it adds some kind of you know weird, uh, almost kind of a psychedelic film. Uh, to things, and you know, much like you know, we've all had that friend who has gorged themselves on LSD, um, you know, for many summers as a youth, and then comes back, and um, you know, uh, everything has become very unreal. But this one thing, usually something attached to their, uh, you know, to their their personal mythology, has become absolutely real, unconditionally and deeply philosophically all penetrative. And I think that um, even though those realizations are extremely helpful in sort of a personal, um, you know, kind of uh, mythology sense, I think that you know you, you have to you have to be able to uh, kind of diffuse those things as well, um, you know. And, and and you know, and I think that's you know sort of you know even handy in the case of people who aren't even necessarily magical practitioners, but even uh, you know uh, religious as well. Um, that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, you have to, um, kind of allow a reality to return to it all. You can't let these kind of ideologies that you've turned into fixed objects, you know, take precedence over, you know, a real human being with, you know, actual feelings, et cetera. Like, you know, you, you, uh, you, uh, you have to be able to, you know, like, You've had friends who've worked heavily with, like, Kenneth Grant material and things like that. Certainly there are people who have handled that paradigm artfully and creatively in such a way that it is inspired, will inspire people indefinitely. But then there are also those people who get very, very lost. Um, and I think a lot of the times it's sort of the type of person that's kind of drawn to uh, this kind of odd um, human equals zero um, kind of reality is that, you know, a lot of times it's people who, who um, you know, there's an accompanying feeling of helplessness or something like that by coming into contact. And I think that's, you know, often the motivation of the characters and the stories is that these, you know, they're, they're these so-called degenerate, you know, squamous folk who, um, you know, who attempt to touch something absolute uh, in order to give them sort of this cosmic significance, uh, you know, a significance that is immediately stripped away at the point when one comes into contact with the enormity of the old ones. Right, yeah, because the the vastness and 
inhumanness of it shocks you to the core. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now, some of the questions that Jason's asking, of course, it's Jason, and he always asks questions like this, you know, like, have you ever been able to see physical externalizations, like apparitions, poltergeists, Um, weird things like that, uh, by working with Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's definitely uh, some, a lot of deep visualization stuff where, you know, ultimately, you know, it's, it, you know, you're, uh, you know, as uh, one of our friends, uh, the good doctor said at one point was, uh, you know, I, I was uh, having a really a heck of a time uh, with some other non-related material. And, you know, and it was this notion of sort of like, uh, am I imagining, you know, am I imagining this or is this an actual, you know, significant experience? And you know the answer is yes, of course. And um, and, and I think that uh, yeah, I I I you know there, there have been those nights when we've gotten into some you know rather intense gnostic or or, or trance states, and uh, you know we had some stubborn patches of movement or, or things along those lines that you know I, I guess uh, required you know some additional banishing. But um, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is sort of like, you know, you're, you're kind of grabbing into that same kind of peripheral fear that a child has when they, when they, when, when they turn off the, the, the moment at which they turn off the lights on the first floor of their house and their eyes set themselves at the top of the steps and then they feel that kind of hurriedness as something like invisible kind of pursues them up the steps. And, you know, it's what's more awful to not make it to the top of the steps or to turn around and look at it. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and basically we kind of grabbing onto that kind of very simple, you know, ch- you know, familiar kind of child thing and kind of, you know, adding, a, adding some fertilizer to it and kind of, you know, scaling it up to an adult experience. And, um, yeah, I don't know, I guess, you know, I just like, I just like that sort of rushing state of, uh, of, uh, kind of being pursued by mystery whether it's uh whether it's real or uh or or imagined <laughs> right right no i get it i mean this brings into a kind of a one of the questions of you know that that always comes up i have to answer this a lot myself is you know the nature of working with a fictional paradigm and putting that lens on uh, mm-hmm. and how it is why you can even justify that I mean I mm-hmm. know the answer but you know you'll hear your take on it <laughs> well yeah I mean what, what's the benefit of working with a with a with a, a allegedly fictional paradigm versus a a a, a, a more traditional one yeah or, yeah. or, or, or one, one where the where the participants assume that the concepts are, are extend from things that are inviolable um, well you know I mean Ultimately, like one of the benefits of the fictional paradigm, especially, um, you know, assuming you're the type of person who cares, I, I, I myself do. Uh, I have a lot of friends who practice, you know, very faith-based paradigms of magic, and I try to, um, you know, be respectful of their stuff. And um, and as a result, you know, th- that's the thing about the, the fictional paradigm is you aren't really messing with anybody's stuff. I mean, certainly there are people who have based elaborate, very serious magical paradigms on Lovecraft stuff or Lovecraftian principles, principles, everything from, you know, Bertie to High, you know, Carol even, and invocation of Asgoth and Leader Chaos and, and, and things along those lines. Um, you know, um, you know there, there's the element that you're not really, 
you're not asking anyone stuff. Now, the other, you know, one of the other things that's, that's really kind of beneficial about it is that it, uh, you know, the, the Lovecraftian mythos, um, even as a literary entity, is something that's been shared, spread, handled, manipulated, and uh, and propagated by many, many hands that are not were not Lovecraft, um, and uh, some of which have a, a very different. Um, a very different vision uh, of the mythos. Like sometimes the stuff is not, um, you know, there's something almost a little more science fictiony about it. Like there's something more wondrous, a little less, um, you know, uh, I can barely steal my hand to set these words to page beyond the horrors that were set upon me last night, et cetera, that kind of thing. You know, there's definitely a more, um, I guess, a less fearful. Uh, relationship. There's a there's an excellent story um, that has this wonderful like kind of uh, 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 I don't know like almost kind of like a David Cronenberg kind of take on the uh, on the mythos. Uh, it, it's called uh, the Discovery of the Boric Zone. That's G H O O R I C by a guy named Richard Lupoff. And um, uh, this story is a uh, it, it, it deals with a lot of you know weird stuff like transhumanism and things along those lines, but it's kind of like uh, the notion of humanity upon this kind of shifting, you know, bubbling, uh, you know, tentacle scape of the Lovecraftian. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the, because, you know, you can do these things, you know, it's kind of growing the direction of, of the Lovecraftian paradigm. Like, you know, you're, you're not really, of course you're making it up, you know. Uh, it, it's, uh, although I don't think that that necessarily means that it, it's inauthentic. Uh, I think that, you know, by working with the, uh, um, you know, if, if you, you kind of try to, like, apprehend the heart of Lovecraft's work or, or, the, or the mythos kind of, you know, group project, uh, it, uh, you know, it, you, know you, you get something, uh, uh, you know, that you can really kind of participate in, and uh, as opposed to sort of, you know, biting your nails, hoping that, you know, you remember the precise, you know, your arrangements of uh, triangles and curvy lines in order to, you know, make a particular entity, you know, do one's bidding. You know, you can really kind of like, uh, you know, as long as you sort of like stick to the sort of like aesthetic mandate of the Lovecraftian uh, material, um, you know, you, you, you can go in some really kind of personal and, uh, and creative directions because it is a fictional paradigm. Very, very cool. Now, Jason wants to also kind of ask if you've you've gotten results, the standard three results, you know, love, money, revenge. Well, revenge, <laughs> I, could totally, I could totally see how you can get revenge with the, the, the mythos, but... I yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think ultimately, you know, you know, you know the, the old saying, you know, get laid, get rich, get even kind of idea. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if wealth, I mean, I am, I'm certainly not a wealthy man, so I, I think considering, you know, my extensive work with this paradigm wouldn't necessarily to be, you know, I mean, Dagon, uh, the, the idea of Dagon, you know, that he is certainly a wealth deity, like the idea that people yeah. in the story, you know, throw the, throw the offerings and then, you know, pull up nets of golden idols. Like, the, the that's certainly, uh, That town yeah, does actually get very wealthy in the course of yeah. the story. Yes, you know, but, you know, in the same sort of way that, you know, Fafnir of Beowulf kind of warns us, 
you know, where, you know, Bosnia in that story, you know, was allegedly a man at one point, and it was, you know, it was through his greed, through his desire to kind of nest down on top of his acquired wealth and kind of, you know, viciously defend it that, you know, the, the, the sort of, you know, Aegis comes in the sport and he transforms into this terrifying reptile monster, um, you know, and, um, and I think the internet, you know, certainly has that same element. It's like this sort of like, you know, closed off thing. And because of the kind of, uh, the kind of, you know, they, they, they acquire this, it, it, they acquire this wealth out of a human desire and then abandon their humanity in order to acquire it. And then they're kind of like less sort of like, you know, uh, like in 2001, kind of throwing bones at the monolith as opposed to like arriving at any, you know, uh, you know, truly being able to reap the reward that they, that they, they went into the endeavor to begin with in order to achieve. And, uh, you know, so I guess there's that kind of warning too. It's that sort of like, you know, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the idea of, uh, of making a deal to acquire something and then the means by which you use to acquire it strip you of your desire to have it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. like, you know there, there's that, you know, in some sense it's a lot like, you know, the, the, like the Agora or the, or the, you know, the Albigensians, you know, the idea of sort of like, a, you know, the way past is, you know, is through sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, it creates... Create some def definitely some interesting ideas to work with magically. Yeah, and I mean, I, 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 there is a lot in the Lovecraftian in the mythos that isn't all what people think. It's not all just Cthulhu. I mean, I've seen no, no. I've seen people develop werewolf rituals. I've seen people develop um, really, actually, healing rituals. Mm -hmm. I, have se I have seen healing rituals where. Uh, I've seen people create, use the ghoul consciousness that you were describing and yeah. possession rituals to absorb negative energies or take the degenerative energies out of a person, which would be a healing ritual. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it kind of, I guess it kind of goes back to that, like, kind of like, pro, like that kind of proto-shamanic intent of making the grotesque effigy in order to scare away, you know, yeah. or, you know, to ward off the things that we're afraid of kind of thing. And you know that you can't really get much more. <laughs> like, Lovecraft definitely went went for broke when it came to making these things as grotesque as possible. And you know, and I think that you know that's important. Um, you know, Lovecraft. Uh, uh, you know, th th there's a uh, this kind of. Uh, I'm trying to trying to. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I, I'm sure I'll come back to it. <laughs> One of the questions from the chat room is: uh, is kind of like what? What does it actually feel like when you start to lose your your humanity? Like in some of these rituals and, and transformations? Like you know, he says, is it different than a dissociative transformation? Uh, probably already um, is, but let's see what your take is because that's a good question. Because I, I think that's one of the things that people would be really kind of scared of, of is losing that sense of humanity and more so even the sense of self yeah you know uh, and uh I, I definitely feel that like uh you know that, 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 that losing a sense of self oh man that's oof, i mean that that's like really one of the tricky ones right like understanding uh all the implications and possible interpretations of what that idea means um and certainly there is a 
a very, uh, I guess, pathological one that we certainly want to avoid. But I think kind of, you know, imagining, you know, maybe for just a second that something else um, in the universe sort of lied at the center of it rather than ourselves. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and certainly this is, this is uh, uh, you know, and, and, and when I say selves, I mean like, you know, uh, you know, our, 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 our sort of uh, little selves, because I think that, you know, in some sense, the Lovecraftian notion or the, the, the kind of cosmology, these, these entities, Azathoth, Haster, Shubnigarath, uh, Yogg-Sothoth, uh, you know, Nyarlathotep, uh, Cthulhu, um, these are all kind of, uh, kind of spooky masks that we're kind of throwing on to kind of these facets of this, uh, of this greater self, you know, where we're kind of putting these terrifying masks on it, you know, a lot like, you know, when, when, when you deal with in, in, in deity yoga and Vajrayana, um, you know, you'll, a lot of times that you have these wrathful get um, you know, the, uh, the kind of guardian angel principles that are deliberately take on this horrific uh, uh, form, and uh, you know ultimately this is this this is this this is sort of the terrifying bearing of a warrior that can can burn through uh, you know uh, illusion kind of illusion and delusion, and I think that you know there, there's an element of that here too. Um, you know, you know. Now, mind you, it gets more complicated. Like, I, I have a personal um, interest, we'll call it, uh, in uh, in um, you know, sort of these like dissolution practices. Kind of like, uh, uh, you know, w w if you're going to split uh, hairs along the direction of left hand and right hand path operations, um, these are ultimately right hand path operations with extremely dark trappings. Um, but, you know, these, these are, that these practices, you know, like you mentioned, uh, chode and a lot of these, you know, uh, these tantra practices, the agora licking skulls and, uh, as, uh, licking the skull is a phrase another one of my friends uses to describe, you know, kind of that, uh, that tantric, like, intensity beyond intensity. And, uh, you know, um, I, you know, I think that, that, you know, that all this stuff kind of, uh, you know, kind of dovetails in that sort of direction. Well, very good. So we got one minute. I'd love to have you back on the show. Hopefully, we'll get the technical details. Um, yeah, and, and I have to apologize to everyone. I've been very ill uh, today, and as a result, my uh, my brain is a lot more tangential than it uh, than it okay. usually is. Which is not to say that I am not all over the place normally, but uh, I'm but especially so. But isn't that kind of appropriate when you're talking about the mythos? <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess it is. <laughs> I, I suppose all of my friends except those, it tends to drive a bit nuts, but I suppose here it's quite appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> if you could stay on the line, I'll take us on out uh, with some music. Uh, just stay on the line for a second since Skype is actually holding for once. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> 